This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Wednesday, July 14th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Nally. Here's today's headlines. Almond crop takes a hit from drought. Meat Institute calls Prop 12 unworkable. And Governor Legislature advance broadband package. USDA expects California almond harvest to drop 10%. A USDA estimate released this week predicts California's almond crop will be down 10% compared to last year and cites the drought as the primary reason. Dry weather early in the season led to excellent bloom conditions and ample pollination potential. But as the drought set in, water allocations were adjusted accordingly and then June brought unusual heat. The report found some growers opted to strip nuts before harvest in an effort to save trees. In addition to drought, the almond industry is navigating a complex market with record shipments, but with returns to growers down from recent years. The Almond Board of California, the ABC, said in a statement issued in response to the USDA report. Still, the chair of ABC's board of directors said the report's expectation of 2.8 billion meat pounds is further proof that California is an ideal place to grow almonds, even in difficult times. Meat Institute calls Prop 12 unworkable. In an ongoing effort to avoid implementation of California's Prop 12, which specifies living space requirements for breeding sows, laying hens, and veal calves, the North American Meat Institute submitted comments to CDFA yesterday on the department's proposed regulation. NAMI calls the law slated to go into effect January 1 burdensome, complex, and unworkable. Specifically, NAMI argues the accreditation process for entities that would certify facilities is overly complex. The law would impose record-keeping and labeling burdens throughout the supply chain, and its granting of enforcement authority is of questionable legality. NAMI cited language in CDFA's notice published with the proposed rule in its comments, including that the dimensions specified in the law are not drawn from peer-reviewed scientific research. The expense to producers will extend well beyond the capital needed to comply because of reduced herd size, and the likely increase in the cost of pork and eggs will disproportionately impact lower-income Californians. Broadband expansion gets closer. Governor Gavin Newsom and the legislature have agreed to a broadband trailer bill leaders say will prioritize underserved people and areas. The package comes with $5.25 billion to build out the middle-mile infrastructure with high-capacity fiber lines and last-mile connections over local networks to customers' homes and businesses. The bill also creates a broadband czar, a council within the Department of Technology, and more legislative oversight that, according to a press release from the office of Senate Pro Tem Tony Atkins of San Diego, keep in mind, limited broadband hampering schoolwork and other activities when the pandemic forced people to stay home. But the work isn't done. There's still pending legislation that includes surcharge funding necessary for long-term local connectivity. Committee debates infrastructure, Western Water. 
A Senate committee today will consider an energy and water bill that is expected to be part of the broader infrastructure package that negotiators are putting together. Western water provisions in the bill include $3.2 billion for modernizing Bureau of Reclamation projects, $1.5 billion for water storage and conveyance projects, and $1 billion for rural water projects. The bill also would designate funding from the Colorado River Basin Drought Contingency Plan. The water project funding is a small part of a 495-page draft bill, which includes provisions for cybersecurity and power infrastructure. Now, here's a heads up. While the water provisions address priorities for Western ag groups, the bill faces pushback from some environmental groups who claim the bill spends far more on fossil fuels than it does renewable energy. Chlorpyrifos lawsuits allege neurological damage in kids. Four lawsuits have been filed in California state courts on behalf of families who claim repeated exposure to the insecticide chlorpyrifos left their children with lasting neurological damage. The suits filed in Fresno, Tulare, Kings, and Madera counties name as defendants Dow Chemical and Corteva AgriScience which spun off after the merger of Dow and DuPont, as well as growers who applied the insecticide. These four cases set the stage for class action seeking residential cleanup and medical monitoring that the legal team estimates will require for at least 100,000 homes and will cost at the minimum $500 million, says a press release announcing the lawsuits. Corteva stopped making the insecticide at the end of 2020. EPA's facing a court order deadline in August to decide whether to revoke or modify its tolerances. Corteva spokesman Greg Schmidt said the company believes the lawsuits are, quote, without merit and that it will vigorously defend against these recent unfounded allegations. USDA provides relief for drought-driven insurance claims. The Department of Agriculture taking steps to accelerate the processing of insurance claims from producers who've had crops damaged by the extreme drought. The emergency procedures authorized by the Risk Management Agency will ease paperwork and allow insurance companies to accept delayed notice of loss in some situations. RMA also is cutting the number of representative samples that are required when damage is consistent. The emergency procedures, quote, will authorize insurance companies to expedite the claims process, enabling them to plant a new crop or cover crop, according to acting RMA Administrator Richard Flournoy. By the way, sales of the rain index insurance policy for pasture, rangeland, and forage have been soaring amid the prolonged western drought, topping 200 million acres this year. AgriPulse will have a report of the program, including possible changes USDA is looking at making, that in this week's newsletter. Panel OK's year-round H-2A visas. The House Appropriations Committee has revived an amendment that would allow farmers to import H-2A workers for year-round jobs. But similar provisions have advanced in the House before, only to be dropped during negotiations with the Senate. The program is currently limited to seasonal workers. An amendment added yesterday to the annual Homeland Security Funding Bill would allow H-2A visa holders to work all year in 2022. Keep in mind, the amendment, sponsored by Henry Cuellar, a Democrat of Texas, Dan Newhouse, a Washington Republican, 
was adopted at a voice vote. But House Appropriations Chairwoman Rosa DeLauro called the H-2A program exploitative and said that addressing the issue in the appropriations process would undermine broader negotiations on immigration reform. DeLauro's likely speaking for Democratic leadership when it comes to the strategy. Here's a correction. Uh, the item, Sheep Producers' Appeal for Relief and Ag Overtime from yesterday's Daybreak West, has been corrected. Industry leaders, quote, argue that the 168-hour work week set to begin in January would actually limit jobs and pay. Now, here's today's She Said It. Other than sex, I can't think of anything more intimate than eating and feeding someone. That stone fruit grower, Nico Masamoto of Masamoto Family Farm near Fresno. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Wednesday, July 14th. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Daly.